you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com the Around the NFL Podcast. Tweets too much about golf. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hammes. I come to you from a virtual room. Virtual wool room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler, Greg Rosenthal, and sitting in on the show today, he is the star of the acclaimed Instant hit micro seg money on money. Matt Money Smith, how's everybody doing? Doing well. Uh, Greg Greg uh, scrunched his face when I re- when I uh, read the script. Tweets too much about golf, and I feel like I'm responsible, like for the content, <laughs> uh, which I'm not. I didn't. I just, I didn't I just quite read the get lines it. that are put in front of me. I didn't quite get it because you know uh, none of us none of us tweet about golf. We're too smart for that. Ever. Maybe that's the irony before. packed inside the. Mm. What is wait? What was that little dig there, Greg? You're too smart to tweet about golf. Yeah, it's a boring. It's a boring spectator sport, and tweeting about it would be even more boring. I think we all share that. I thought maybe it was a commentary on our colleague Adam Rank, who tweets a lot about golf these <laughs> days, uh, or at least his Instagram is is. There's a lot of golf, and and I, as a golfer, used to be an avid golfer. Um, would politely disagree with Greg. I, I do find it to be an exciting spectator sport, um, but I know I'm in I'm in the gross minority. I used to, no, I, it's popular. It's popular. I used to play. I worked at multiple golf courses as a child, um, and I loved playing. Nothing like uh, you know hitting play nine holes after you finish your shift. But, uh, oh, yeah. but it's a tough. It's a tough watch. You I like you bring that up a lot. You, bring, you have bring to make choices, up, Greg. Like. You are allowed to bag on golf because when you were 14, you were a caddy once. So you use that a lot as your. <laughs> I play, uh, but I reasoning. played nonstop. Played nonstop till I was like 21 or so. But yeah, at a certain point, you got to decide. Um, is that what were your jobs, Greg? You said you said jobs. So what were the different jobs at the golf course you had? Well, you you have to run the front desk. You know, okay. when when people come in, and then you have to wash bags. Um, okay. You know, when people return with the bags, you have to return the golf ca- carts. 
Um, one kid once drove a golf cart into uh, the pool there. Uh, he oh, got happy. fired. He got fired for that. John Bonham and then sometimes if it's raining, you have to sit at the bottom of the hill and drive guys up the hill because they don't want to walk in the rain up the hill. I mean, so Greg, this is like a so, fancy country club. Right. And Greg, so you you retired essentially at 21. Did you mature out of the sport? I mean, people spend their lives trying to master. I moved to New York. At If you live in New York and you want to play golf, it's got to be like a huge priority in your life. You got to love it so much. It just, it just knocked it out of me. And now you have yeah. children. Like, are you really going to say, like, I'll see you in seven hours? It's a tough ass. That's Fair a point. tough one. That's Fair a point. tough one and, and with golf. I was explaining that to you. plenty of dads do, but. Yes, they do. Many, and it's not even seven; it's ten. Right. I got to get up early. I got to stretch. <laughs> then I got to play eighteen right. holes, and then afterwards we're playing some cards, or we're playing dice, or whatever. So I'll see you at about nine p.m. and I'll be lit to the right. nines by the time I get home. But it's twenty twenty one, so you must be with your tw- children twenty four seven every <laughs> single day of the year. <laughs> uh, bad, bad guy. Mark's in good mood. We know he yeah. was up at two in I the morning too. today. Mark, again, the, I see. I wake up this morning. I woke up pretty early. It's like, oh man, early start today, six thirty. I can't go back to bed. I jump on Twitter, see what's going on, and I see you sending positive Nate Tice tweets at five a.m. And then I I text that to the group and say, wow, five oh seven a.m. Mark sent this. And Mark, you were, you replied that you've been up since two. This is not good, my friend, and we love you very much. And this is almost. We're getting to a point where we need to have some type of intervention to get you on a sleep cycle that carries you into your old age. That's what we well, need. I don't know about intervention would suggest that I'm like doing it on purpose, but it's, but you know, and Matt Money Smith was nice enough to send some suggestions along yeah. by text, which I'm um, following up on. But I, <laughs> I mean, I've been dealing with this for like 15 years. So it is what this it is. is. The, this is the tough love. This is this is coming at you on yeah. a broadcast and saying you must clean this up because we're worried that uh, it's going to come back and haunt you in the biggest of all spots. That's all. Well, I'm certain it will. But I believe this yeah. is the uh, circadian rhythm podcast of record. Right. <laughs> um, all right. So today's show. I hope everybody had a nice Mother's Day weekend. I hope everybody took care of their mom um, and the wives because some people say. Well, my wife, she's not my mother, so I don't really have to plug in on the wife, just the mother. No, no, no. You got to do both. Good luck with that method. Yeah. You try to go one or the other, that that logic is not going to carry over. So I think, I hope everyone that's listening to the show made the right decisions this weekend. Uh, coming up on today's show, with the draft now a little bit in the rearview mirror, uh, it's time to try to enter reality into the conversation of all these rookies because if you listen to the football cognoscenti mm, you know how i feel about that dan <laughs> you know how they i feel will about tell that. you they you will know tell how you i feel about one that. moment the g, the g is silent in italian no. you know <laughs> how i feel about it no, no, how pretentious let me hear it let me hear it money it's cognoscenti the no. g is silent please don't yes. buy it don't I recognize feel like it. pronouncing it correctly would ruin the bit, though. That's that's the whole thing. That was a that, spicy that Dan, accent. By the though, way, is that Dan's bit? Is it like? Is there is there an over under? Is there like a, an around the NFL Reddit that sets the over under on how many mispronunciations Dan will have in a given pod, <laughs> and then they all bet, and then at the end of it they settle up? Because <laughs> that's kind of what all, I try to figure out. I'm like, I know he's intentionally mispronouncing some of these things. These are I, I just all, don't know how many. The, everything I'm saying is correct. First of all, including cognizanti. <laughs> okay so it's your opinion doesn't mean it's the correct one money that's all <laughs> okay i guess that's one way to put it i, I don't really i don't really ever i mean I, I believe it's the proper italian pronunciation but hey it's all right the proper italian pronunciation what well, is your italian heritage 
Io sono studiato in Firenze per due mesi in 1993. Oh. Hello. Sì. That was a hammer ball. being dropped. It was. I stand down. <laughs> I backfired. Um, I'll never be invited back again. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, is this final this appearance is it. from that movement. Anyway, over-unders for rookies. Because, yes, as I said, they say that everyone had a perfect draft except for the Raiders. Okay. But the reality is all these big-time rookies that came to the league, some are going to have a big impact in year one. Some are going to disappoint. And uh, so we'll throw out some names, um, notable names, and uh, kind of try to figure out where they might come in in their first season of pro ball. Before we do that, though, let us hit the news. You're going to hire my friend. <laughs> No, that was not Delta Burke from Designing Women. That was Peyton Manning uh, imploring a team to hire Adam Gase. <laughs> Delta Burke. I found her very annoying. Even as a child, I could tell that she was not my cup of tea. Yeah, well, right. wherever you are, Delta. Um, hope everything's going well. All right, let's get into it. Uh, I think starting... she's passed, hasn't she? Delta? Oh, no, we're so. playing this oh. game. Hang on. Well, total respect to her. I just found her to be a little bit, a little bit too much. Still with us, sixty-four years old. Sorry, Delta, didn't mean. <laughs> and I married to uh, Major Payne. Was that the name of the sitcom? Major Dad, Major Gerald McRaney. All right, all right. Let's get to it. Let's focus up here. Important. Eric Fisher, former Chiefs tackle, former number one overall pick. He's got a new team. It's the Colts, who signed Fisher to a one-year. million contract. He started 113 of 117 games with Kansas City after coming into the league number one overall. Um, Maybe money has not lived up to the standing of where his draft status was, but he became a solid starter uh, for the Chiefs. Uh, Last year, injuries played a major factor, and now uh, the the Colts get a much-needed option there on their line in front of Carson Wentz. Yeah, you know, we saw him twice a year. Um, we, The Chargers saw him twice a year at those games that I called. Um, and I always just thought that he was pretty average, but I think it just goes to show you that average can go a long way uh, in the NFL. You know, now I, my understanding is he's probably not going to be ready till October. So the Colts will probably need some sort of answer between now and then, um, or I should say from the start of the season until then. But Look, if you have cap space and, and you're willing to spend the money, I think you're going to see, you know, a deal. Probably Charles Leno's going to get a deal like that. I mean, these are these are good left tackles, right? You know, that's and that is hard to find. Don't don't the Chargers know it? What I've been looking at at left tackle for four years. So if you can get Carson Wentz a, a league average or close to a league average left tackle, uh, and it's only going to cost you a one year deal, I would say huge win for Chris Ballard and the Colts. Right. And he he's been better than league average for much of his career, including recent. He seemed to get better, but he's coming off a torn Achilles might not be ready till October. And then it's Eric Fisher coming off a torn Achilles. It's it's my number one concern with this Colts team and with Carson Wentz in general is he just holds the ball forever. Doesn't make a decision. That's why Frank Reich's, you know, there to to get him making faster decisions. But for the first month or two, it's a bit, we've talked about how that's a bad looking division and Eric Fisher in theory helps you for the playoffs, but they, they might be struggling for a while. I mean, that was, if you look at teams that didn't do what you thought they would do in the draft, like the Colts not targeting a young tackle was one of the 
kind of burning void still sitting out there. But I do find it funny that we're also, the, the off season goes through these waves where we're now in a wave where we're not allowed to critique Carson Wentz. I find that I, I just, I, it seems after last year, it's like, you know what, actually Carson Wentz is like, are we, are we kind of being a little too tough on him? Like, yeah, who said that other than Dan? Dan's the only <laughs> person. Well, no, I mean, it's, maybe it, maybe it is. It's just come up on our show where I feel like it's not really, I'm not really pointing the finger at one person. It's more just like the off season does this all the time where it's like, we're not excited about the Carson Wentz signing. Now it's like, I don't know. He was really good in 2017. I mean, I was good in 2017. So I just, <laughs> I, you know, a lot has changed. So we'll, um, we'll see. Carson Wentz, by the goes. way, was good in 2019. Mark saying that he, he was all right. Left by what, by the way. And <laughs> I think it's, I think, I think a group think is a very dangerous thing, especially uh, what we do for a living. If everyone just says, oh, Carson Wentz thinks now. I believe it's important to at least leave the option open that this fresh start with a coach that knows how to get the most out of him for a 28-year-old quarterback, it could actually go well. I don't think that's absurd to say that there are multiple ways this went. Uh, I just think the group go. think is now going to go in that direction. That's what I'm saying. It's not like, you know, mm. we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. These things get on my radar because it happens every But people um, don't like April Carson Wentz. July. I feel like... I feel like the football world doesn't not Wentz fans, and you hear a lot of things about maybe he's not the best guy in the locker room. There is plenty of reason for suspicion that this isn't going to work out. I, I certainly grant you that. I'm with you on that. And and there's there's a decent chance, by the way, like Eric Fisher is much better than half of these rookie tackles that people signed and are all excited about. Like the Bears are putting Taven Jenkins into their left tackle spot, and everyone's yeah. like, "All right, that's solved," and we cut Charles Leno. It's like. Well, no what, what are the chances he's better than Charles Leno this year? Yeah. It's like 50-50, like maybe, maybe. I would say maybe like 60-40, 70-30 that he's not. I thought Leno was a pretty good tackle. Like I, I, I mean, I'm, again, I, somewhere. he's in Washington I, today visiting. Yeah, I think, um, and obviously, look, it's all relative, right? I mean, I, I spent the last year watching the worst offensive line in the league, and it, it all comes back to the quarterback, right? You know, Justin Herbert threw for 4,300 yards and 31 touchdowns behind the worst offensive line in the league he was the most pressured quarterback in the league yet he was able to put up better numbers than most quarterbacks so I mean was that Tampa offensive line that good like exceptional before Tom Brady showed up uh, you know what I mean it's so much of it is dependent upon the quarterback so I think for everybody that's saying oh once you fix the offensive line you're hey struggles are over dude no that's not the case I mean you still gotta have a quarterback that can pull that trigger and run that offense and that's gonna go a long way in determining whether or not your O-line is good or not speaking of QB drama the Vikings we know they took Kellen Mond uh Texas A&M um quarterback with with a 66th overall pick you know when you take a mid-round quarterback it doesn't scream QB controversy on the way with Kirk Cousins and Trench there however ESPN's Courtney Cronin reported that the Vikings were ready to pull the trigger on Justin Fields had he fallen to the 14th pick in the 2021 draft. He did not fall because we know the Bears traded up three picks ahead of them uh, to take Fields, and then the Vikings pivoted, traded out of 14 with the Jets uh, to collect some mid-round picks themselves. Um, so if this reporting is accurate, Greg, this is spicy because now it's it, it's becoming clear now that the Vikings have one eye on 2021 with Kirk Cousins and very clearly now an eye on, on the future uh, with a quarter acquisition that might not include Cousins at all. Yeah, and yet they guarantee the money next year, which makes it complicated. I love stuff like this, just the doors not taken. I always bring up the Saints, how 
they were going to take Patrick Mahomes if the Chiefs didn't trade up in front of them. That, that's that been pretty confirmed. And then in this draft, in the NFC North alone, the Lions passed on fields. The Vikings were set to take fields, but they weren't going to trade up for them. And the Bears are the one that gets it. So, like, how does that change this division? That and the fact that it's been reported, and it's hard to confirm these things, that the Jets traded up in front of Patri- the Patriots because they were pretty confident the Patriots were going to take Elijah Vera Tucker, which is just it's just crazy to think that the Patriots like quarterback of the future would not been there because they preferred to take a guard possible tackle and Vera Tucker. And those are division rivals. So like, how does the Mac Jones jets Patriots thing work out? And how does this Justin Fields thing work out? In Sliding doors, in man. Division? Yeah. I love it. Well, and, and where, you know, where Aaron Rodgers quickly shifts into drama magnet mode, you don't hear a word from Kirk cousins because he'll happily um, be a good little boy through next season, do whatever they ask and make a huge amount of guaranteed money, not just this year, but next year. I mean, I think in terms of Mond and whether or not he's a viable, you know, replacement for the future, who knows? I mean, there's not a lot of third round starters in the league, right? We kind of know because their tails are sung so often when it does happen. So we know, you know, the, the rarity of which that to be the case. But I also know, you know, like... Getting a getting a backup quarterback, a viable backup quarterback, and one of the middle or you know toward I should say one of the middle rounds. You almost never get them in the late rounds. Um, that that's important for teams. The last thing they want to do is sacrifice cash or or salary cap capital on a backup veteran if they don't have to. If they you know like I know again I, I keep I, I hate doing it, but I just get to see it so much. But like in the case of Easton Stick, I think they would have been fine had Chase Daniel not just been so affordable. They were like, oh, you know what, this is a good guy for the room. And but we feel like Easton Stick can can come in and win a half, or maybe win a, a game and a half, and at three hundred and sixty grand instead of you know seven million bucks. That's a big win for a lot of franchises. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's kind of more the thinking of the Vikings as opposed to we need to bring someone to replace you know, Kirk Cousins. Now, yeah, the most the important time, though, person in like... your organization is your quarterback. <laughs> and, and the second most important person in your organization is your backup quarterback. Yes. And the how, third many, most... how many of those Cowboys seasons went totally Mark, south? Mark, will you let Greg Romo... finish his casterly bit? We all enjoy it. All right. All right, Mark, Mark here's what you got to do here. All right, now, uh, Greg is doing his impression of me. Okay, so when that happens, what I need you to do now is you be quiet, okay? And that's first of all. And then after that, what you're going to do is Greg's going to do his impression. And then Dan is going to come in and he's going to say, hey, Greg is doing an impression of me. And then when he's done with that, then you can go. I'll be back in about 11 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Mark, you had what we were saying there, but No, no, I just, I mean, I remember Wes and I like joining at the hip, joined at the hip, killing the Cowboys for never having a backup in place that really could win games behind Tony Romo. And they were good teams that went totally south. So, you know, it's, it can't be just about the low, amount of earnings that they're making right. I and mean, you have by to the have way they don't have one right now the, the cowboys don't have one right now after what they just went through they have jeff driscoll visiting on monday and he would be easily their best uh, backup which is terrible in other news <laughs> the broncos they are obviously in the news right now connected to aaron Rodgers with all the rogers drama james palmer nfl network zone reported today the broncos have had plenty of internal discussions about the possibility of making that happen. But for net, for the here and now, it's Drew Locke and Greg's boy, Teddy Bridgewater, and they need an offensive line in front of whoever the quarterback is. They won't have Juwan James, it looks like, uh, whose star-crossed career took another bad turn. Uh, last Tuesday, team sources uh, confirmed that James suffered a torn Achilles tendon and a workout away from the Broncos facility. 
Um, it's there's some talk whether season ending or not. We're not clear, but either way, it's a very serious injury. He opted out of last season. He was injured before that. Since signing a four-year, fifty-one million dollar deal in March of 2019, he's played 63 snaps. Oof. Yikes. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll start. It's it's probably the worst free agent contract we've seen in years, right? Uh, I mean, 63 snaps, 50 million, 20-something guaranteed. It'll be interesting um, how the Broncos opt to play this. And, uh, and I think so much of this, you know, rare, we, as I think fans tend to focus on the player and, and or they'll focus on the team, and rarely do they focus on the agent. And And to me, this is a great disservice done to the player by the player's agent now, i don't i'm not privy to those conversations um but i do think in the case of some of these players guys opted out um you know maybe in in some cases for health concerns but i think in other cases for registering a year on that deal in which there were going to be four games played or six games played and and that could be someone that is dissuaded hey look we feel like you're going to get the whole season in in 2020 that's going to roll over, so let's sit this one out, and then next year you can make your twelve million bucks because we're probably going to get all seven, sixteen, now seventeen in. Um, if that was the case, my goodness, you know what a mm. bad situation Juwan James has been put into. And I guess my understanding is he was working out at the facility. Um, that's why I think it's so interesting with how the Broncos are going to treat this. Right? You know, it's one thing if he's like, "Oh no, I'm one of these veterans. I'm going to heed the call of Tom Brady and stay away and stand united, uh, not come in at all." Then you get hurt. I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos go, uh, we're done. You're not getting a cent. We don't owe you any of that money. You were hurt off premises. Or because he has been coming in occasionally, if they will honor that contract. It's gonna I think it's gonna be spicy. Mm. I mean they'll they'll face like a legal battle. I it there, yeah, um, there's a lot of talk the Broncos may not give him his money. We'll see. I I sort of don't want to like kill him before they go ahead and do that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they just do give it to him in this Tom Brady, like trying to keep everyone out of the off season workouts. We'll see how that works. Like it didn't work at all for the first three m- rookie mini camps. None of them listened. All the rookies showed up for the first three or four teams. Uh, so at least the rookies are not listening to this veteran idea to not show up at the facility. Right. Or players that, you know, need to impress a coaching staff versus um, sight unseen sitting home or operating elsewhere. I mean, one, th- one little note to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this was PFF's 25th ranked offensive line a year ago. And, you know, Juwan James wasn't there, but they don't project to look a whole lot better this season. Um, They're talking to Dennis Kelly, apparently, to maybe come in and fill, you know, help out at tackle. What if I took the Juwan James approach to this podcast, opted out of an entire season last year, um, leaving you guys to do all the work, and then, you know, got sort of a maybe a cough or cold and said, I'm not coming back this year. And then everyone's like, will NFL.com pay Mark his, you know, Meager salary or not? High drama. Not, I could give not you an answer on the website. <laughs> I think would, I know uh, what the NFL would do. I think that would make football morning in America. <laughs> Speaking of uh, F and actually, you know what? Can I can yes. I jump back into that real quick? Yes. Dan? something that Greg said I think is important. Um, you know, and I, and look, we all we're, we're all subjected to, to hero worship at times, and we have to abide by it because of, of what these players mean to the league, but. You know, I just I, to me, it's so irresponsible of Tom Brady. I like to to run that call and to be that emphatic about how you. I don't think people know kind of how how much these guys make. You know what I mean? Like that you're talking about players, you know, fifty four through ninety, that if they show up at these voluntary workouts, everything's taken care of. 
all of their meals, all of their training. They get a per diem, you know, they, they so like people don't realize they get paid per day that they show up. So either they're working out on their own because like Greg said, they're trying to make the team. They're on the, you know, they may or may not make the team. Well, if you do it at the facility, you're making like 300 bucks a day. So if you're someone that's a fringe potential NFL player or practice squad player, and you're trying to make that practice squad, um, if you don't go in, you're losing about a grand a week to 1500 bucks a week that you're putting in your pocket for just showing up at the facility and, and working on, not to mention everything's paid for when you go. There. And, yeah. And that's just the financial side. These guys are, they're chasing the dream. Yeah. You know, they have an opportunity to be in this building of this professional team, uh, turn some heads, make relationships. I am totally with you. Brady exists in a whole, he's a, He's a two percenter within this NFL world, and he can't just speak for everyone. But do, is there a point from another angle on that? I totally agree with you with that. If there are, if they're going to stage it, those marginal players need to be there for everything that you mentioned. But wasn't Brady's point a little bit that he's sort of saying you don't have baseball players throwing ninety mile an hour fastballs like in you know the middle of winter when the when right. baseball's not happening? That maybe it's a tone down to some degree of the structure of the off season. Has, has they done that? They're not doing that. And these, well, you know, also, they, that they, come they, before the CBA. <clears throat> like why you're, are we, you're right. You know? Yeah, you're right, Mark. I mean, but you know, again, they show up, they, they watch film, they work out, they do breakout meetings. They go on the field in shorts. They're almost never even in shells in these and they're doing walkthroughs. And then maybe they're doing a little bit of of work but like the idea that brady would drop that nugget to the public that these guys are doing what's the equivalent of a pitcher throwing a 95 mile an hour fastball for 70 pitches on a day in january that's just irresponsible that's that there there's that's not what that's not what they're doing in these you know otas in these rookie camps that's just not what's happening John Elway's looking at this and like, we don't have to pay some of the money. I like burnt trying to fix this offensive line for six years. Great. No <laughs> one's like, no one's paying attention to that anymore. Like right. that was the the biggest sinkhole in the NFL, their offensive line. The uh, speaking of football morning in America, Brandon Bean, the, the Bills general manager spoke with Peter King. And um, there is a report that the league is primed to set a threshold 85% vaccination rate amongst players for teams to conduct traditional meetings and practices in 2021, which is obviously an advantage to be able to uh, prepare for a new season at that level. And being told King that it would be an advantage uh, to hold those meetings and have those practices. And it might make a roster decision easier for him based on who is vaccinated and who is not vaccinated. And uh, Mark, this opens up a whole can of worms, obviously a, a, national discourse about vaccinations and um, uh, who has to get one, who must get one, who gets the choice, all that, that is going to connect to the NFL, I think in a big way this summer. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't have a huge hot take on this. I think from one angle, Bean is talking about like any general manager or executive inside the building on the football side of operations, competitive advantage. You don't want to lose the chance to gather um, if you can, but you know, this is a personal choice. Uh, 85% is even sticks out to me as an interesting number because what are the other 15% doing um, on that front? I, again, I don't have a hot take on it. I'm getting vaccinated and I'm not telling anyone else to do um, anything, but um, the other 15% seem to be a talking point inside a locker room to begin with. Right. I mean, Brandon Bean was was kind of asked about this, followed up from Peter King, because he already said, like, I'd cut a guy. You know, he, he said the quiet part. He said the part like, of course, they would cut a guy if, if like things are close. 
between two guys towards the end of the roster and you're you're trying to keep everyone safe, that's going to be a factor. Most other GMs probably would just, you know, quietly do it. And it's only going to be for guys who are kind of marginal anyways. Stars aren't going to be cut uh, based on their medical uh preferences with the vaccine they're they're not cutting tom brady about this and he, he said the quiet part out loud but it's like uh, i don't know like it, it's just like last offseason where we said the the world is coming to the nfl that like everything that we're struggling with in our work lives and everything is going to affect the nfl too and this is this is a good example of that like you know our, our country you know is going to have so many people that don't want the vaccine and the rest of the world's kind of looking at like what the hell's wrong with you? You guys are smart enough to have all the vaccines. Like, why why aren't you taking them? And there's gonna be there's gonna end up being repercussions, whether they like say it out loud or not. Yeah, to me, uh, I'm with you, Greg. It's a non-story. <laughs> I, I think it's obvious. You know, you, the, the anti-vaxxers can can have their way with you know however you want, but whatever. It's a business. You know, if if you feel like this is the best way to operate your business because you want to have 85 or 100 percent vaccine in your facility, then do it. You don't like it, don't work for them. You know, go go work for someone else. Go work for the Eagles. Go work for the Ravens or whomever else will bring you in if the Bills aren't willing to employ you. And if none of them are, whatever. Go work somewhere else. You know, it's it's people people mistake rights for privilege. You know, it, these are independent, privately owned businesses. And that's that's the reality to me. I know it's not popular. Um, I get it. I don't get. I'm with you. I I, I don't want to put words in your mouth to try to put you on the anti anti vaxxer position i'm not trying to take some sort of political stance but to me i think it's just a guy i, mean, I i'm fine that is greg's stance. stance yes that yeah. is a hundred percent of mine course. too i mean so, but, uh, it, and there's also there's different forms of privilege like lebron according to dennis schroeder in some you know german interview like him and lebron were the only two guys that haven't been vaccinated on the lakers and, and schroeder's out now after um you know getting the disease it's like that's the privilege of being lebron like if, if you're a if you're a starter making a ton of money you might have the privilege to have right. that decision but if you're it's kind of like like uh guys who get arrested and stuff like you don't have the like those guys end up losing their jobs if you run afoul of the law and this is this is similar do we yeah. know if tom brady um accepted the vaccine because he seemed to um <laughs> eschew the concept of wearing a mask the entire season and he's out there whipping the ball around in a park you know when everyone there else is in their house. To connect hey, why you got to bring up old ass, Mark, huh? Why you got to bring up old ass? <laughs> Plenty of dots that connect on Tom Brady if you, if you care to in those realms. All right. In other news, Mark, who is Tim Tebow? Mm. Well, he's many people. Um, he affected our lives when he did the football version of Tim Tebow uh, with a multitude of teams about 10 years ago. And Dan and I were charged with I am not exaggerating. Um, there was a stretch of time where Dan and I were literally charged with writing 10 plus Tim Tebow articles a week. It, it, mine um, involved him dating uh, or wanting to be dated by Kardashian, various Kardashian sisters. There was a Katy Perry thread in there, um, something to do with someone else. And Dan and I would tally how many Tebow articles we did each week. And whoever wrote more would get the first round of beers for free at the, uh, wow. the old tavern up you the know, street. The breaking the breaking point for me was, and well, the breaking point was he ended up on my team, and it was a horrible situation. Uh, so that was bad. But the breaking point for me as a, a professional NFL media was having to work one Easter morning, and I'm in the newsroom, and I'm you know I got my eye out. What's what's going on in the league? It's a quiet day. It's Easter Sunday, and then a furious shadowy league figure calls, uh, ready to fire my ass. 
because I had yet to write a post about Tim Tebow speaking at some Christian gathering in front of 50,000 people or something. I think Daniel Jeremiah's dad was involved. He I was, think it was his he was. thing. Yeah. It's yeah. like, and there was a fury that I had yet to write a story about this church event, uh, which I guess I was like, oh, I guess I blew that one. Uh, and I was like, this is horrible. And I don't want this to happen anymore in my life. I think I think company. Tim Tebow landing spots was the first article I ever wrote at at NFL.com. It was Greg on an airplane you wrote. He it. was getting replaced by who was he getting replaced Peyton by? Peyton Manning. I should, I should remember this. Peyton Manning, of course. Right after free agency, it was like the the reaction to Peyton Manning signing there. Yikes. I give I give uh John Elway credit for this, and everybody who listens to the show knows I could be critical towards John uh in his handling of the Broncos, especially in the last five years or so. But at the height of Tebow mania in that 2000, I guess it was 11 season when everyone was going crazy and he was having those wild finishes to the game. And then of course the playoff win over Pittsburgh and all that mania with the 90 yard touchdown Elway never bought in, even in the press conferences, he never gave the people what they wanted, which was for him to say, he's our future. He's our team. Elway always knew. I wonder what happened to that guy. <laughs> I, uh, I have, I have three nuggets on Tebow that I'll share. Um, one is, and I don't know if these are in, well, I think they're in chronological order. Um, I was calling, before I got the Chargers gig, I used to just call, you know, game of the week um, on the radio. So I would be in whatever NFL town calling a game. I was doing a Packers Broncos game and I was on the field at Lambeau and I was watching Tim Tebow warm up. And I have never seen in all my years of calling football, college or professional, such a poor throwing warm up. Like I was in disbelief how badly he was missing receivers. And like, it, oh, it, it really was. It was like beyond comprehension that like, wait, That's this tough. is an NFL. And you're watching the receivers just kind of getting all pissy as they're running their routes. Um, That's one. Two, I called the Broncos Bears game that Caleb Haney started for the Bears in which the Broncos won in overtime. I had to catch a flight out of Denver that night. I think it might have been Tebow's first start. Um, or it was, it was an early Tebow moment, whatever the case before I called NFL games, I used to call college football games. So I'd been in some of these massive, like I've called Tennessee, Alabama. I mean, I'm talking giant 90,000 sec fans freaking out, pouring out of the stadium, celebrating in the streets for hours on end that went over the bears is the closest thing I have ever experienced in the NFL to a college atmosphere. Mm. If you've ever been a mile high, you, you leave the stadium. And if you go up on the hill, it's this strip of bars. This stri You couldn't move a car. I couldn't get to my flight. I had to spend the night in Denver. I could not get out wow. because people had just poured into the streets to celebrate this regular season win over the Caleb Haney-led Bears, authored by Tom, Tim Tebow. And then my third nugget is, of course... He played second fiddle to me on the uh, successful single season network show, Million Dollar Mile on CBS. Oh, that wow, uh, was not right. renewed. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Wow. So you. So Tebow and I were tight. You guys worked together. Worked together. We'd spend 18 hours a day together on set uh, for about three weeks straight. Could not, could not be a night. I don't know if I've ever met. Like he's, he's as nice a person as you've ever been around in your life. Um, mm. as you know, could not, could not be more happy that I was able to spend those three weeks, uh, with that pleasant young man. Do you hey, still like text once in a while about various items? Is he in your phone? I have, he's in my phone. Yeah. Um, I do not text him though. 
Did you tell him that he had the worst pregame warm-up you've ever seen out of a quarterback? quarterback that <laughs> you know what's funny? Up? Believe it or not, I don't know if I said it exactly, um, <laughs> but I kind of alluded to it. He's got like this great self-deprecating sense of humor, believe it or not. Like he was, he totally, I mentioned I had, I think I, I think I had mentioned something to that. You know, I wasn't that abrasive. I just said, hey, I called that that Bronco uh, Packer game. I was watching you warm up. Literally, He's like, yeah. And I, so I think I kind of I, I I took a circuitous route to get to that point, and it was a very gentle point I made. Anyway, like with all that said, and uh, you know, I do want. I feel like it's a whole episode just talking to money about his Tebow experience. <laughs> but uh, uh, Tebow's back in the NFL. That, this is pretty nuts to me. Uh, he's thirty three years old now. Um, he just spent the last four or five years in the organization of the New York Mets in Major League Baseball trying to make it as a pro. And he hacked it down in the minors and went through the grind of the minor league season, which is not um, glamorous on any level. And this is a millionaire athlete. Um, it didn't work out. Uh, and now Urban Meyer is bringing him to the Jacksonville Jaguars, where he's going to get a chance uh, to try out as a tight end. Now, Mark, the quarterback dream is dead. Can Tim Tebow make a team? Let me tell you their depth chart right now. At tight end, our boy, Chris Manhurts, mm. <laughs> Luke Farrell, Farrell, Tyler Davis, James O'Shaughnessy, Ben Ellison, all on the depth chart. Tebow, does he have a shot? I mean, he could make it based on the fact that Urban Meyer um, seems to love him. And, you know, to Money's point, people that, you know, know Tim Tebow and away from some of the, you know, media critique, say the same thing. And, and this is a young team um, with not a lot of, you know, major veteran leadership. So, I mean, from that angle, I would say, yes. Can he still play? Can he play tight end? I mean, he is an incredible athlete and he maybe, maybe still has those skills. I mean, I'd, I'd want to see him play before I can say yes or no, but from a person angle, I think they're not bringing him in um, without a real chance of him being on the roster. Mm. I think they're bringing him in like most 34-year-old veterans that get signed this time of year as a camp body, maybe a little bit of a favor in this case. And his chances of even being ahead of O'Shaughnessy for the fourth or fifth tight end spot are slim to none. There's very little reason to think he would be remotely athletic enough to play tight end. Like It's, Greg, hard, it's hard to Greg, play tight end. Why bring hard... Tim Tebow to your organization because you, just a, you love the, the name man. alone creates a, love a the man stir. and he's in shape and it's like what's the 86th roster spot to Urban Meyer? Sure, give him some give him some time in in May through August and and the odds you know the overwhelming odds are and then you say goodbye. Eight years ago, I would have said, "Oh, this is also an, a needless distraction in that building." But that's a Tebow mania. I feel like is a, from another era. I don't. Th I think it's going to be a story. I think it's going to be a part of this camp. Uh, with Trevor Lawrence in the building, but I don't think it's going to take over the team the way it maybe would have once upon a time. See what um, to you know, to me, I think there's a couple things. One, you know, I don't, I don't know if the Jags need publicity in, you know, in in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, I'm not quite sure. I, I would assume after Trevor Lawrence, you've got everything you need, right, to to try to stoke the the fire in that fan base. They've struggled to sell tickets. Obviously, right? Lawrence helps, but more more than most franchises, that's fair. Yeah. So I, I mean, to me, that's you know, I think it's worth. It, to me, it's more financial as opposed to football. The one thing I would say that I didn't add from you know my, I think I called two or three of his games, but it's like the Beatles. 
Like at least at that point it was, it was not that I was alive when the Beatles, when Beatlemania was taking over, but you see the, the, the film of it. That's what it looked like. Like when you came out of the tunnel, they had this group and I had never seen this for any other team before, but they had a group of what I would say was probably two to 300 people that would come on the field and sit in this one particular area that were just there for Tebow. They were not there to watch the Broncos warm up. They were not VIP. This was a Tebow-centric group, and I think that's what you invite, right? You invite all these people that, um, and again, financially, it's great. But from a football standpoint, when you're warming up and you're trying to get ready to play, you know, this game that's tough enough as it is, and you've got 200 people standing on the field that have paid for this premier experience with this individual that may or may not have a huge impact on the game, I think that's asking, you know, that's asking a little bit from the rest of your roster, right? To to embrace Tebow mania uh, going into a seat because it's going to be there and it's going to be at every spot. But you if stop. you're, if you're like in fourth round pick Jordan Smith, you're like, please give me a rep against Tebow and let me wipe the floor with this <laughs> guy, this fool, please. Um, and finally in the news, the NFL will release its 2021 schedule on Wednesday. And you can check that out right here on NFL Network and uh, or there, I should say there on NFL Network and ESPN two has it as well. Contractually obligated to mention that. Um, What do you guys, if you had the power to pick the uh, opening game, I'll start with you on this one, Mark, if you have the power to choose what is the Thursday night opener, what's the matchup you want to see? All right. So looking at all their home and away opponents. So you got to go, the problem is they're away against the Patriots. So you're saying they Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yes. I mean, get the game, obviously, right? Otherwise, Defending what are we Super doing Bowl here? Champion. But they, they play in New England. So that is tedious because that wipes out what would easily be my number one pick. There's a very clear second for me. Don't give me Bucks Saints. First of all, that is highly annoying. Um, give me the Tampa <laughs> Bay Buccaneers at home against the Buffalo Bills. Yep. I think that's the choice. Um, I agree. Um, Saints Saints feels like it's almost as likely. I don't think they want to use, they wouldn't do the Cowboys or the Giants. I don't think if, if anything, cause it's like the kickoff's going to get great ratings anyways, let's save that Cowboys game for another time. The bills, the bills are sort of the perfect, the perfect compromise, the perfect marriage. They're the best team possible. And they're also like, you know, a, a smaller market. It's a matchup you wouldn't be used to seeing. it's beautiful. Yeah. I think the, I just wonder if that's too early for that game, right? I mean, a potential Super Bowl preview, you would think they'd want that maybe a little bit later. Um, I mean, like you said, they're going to get ratings anyway, right? It feels like it feels like it could be Saints with Jameis and everything, but that would that I'm with Mark. Uh, the Bills would. I don't be think Jameis spicy. is like a big uh, national selling point. I don't oh, know. No, you know, not at all. Yeah. I will no, say I this, and I know they they like to have it obviously in the building of the defending champion so maybe this right throws it out but i will throw this one out because i know this is an important facility in our league and i know uh this is a big market we check that box uh what if tampa bay went to la to play the rams in the full house at inglewood uh matthew stafford's first yeah. game i Side know the you- super bowl Site of the Super Bowl, they they kind of got robbed of opening that stadium the right way in 2020 because of COVID. This would be a way to kind of sell the whole experience and what it means 
I'll throw that one out. And so? a good game. And a really good right. game. But the Bucks would totally revolt. What was the year? Was it the um Well, they just it, got the Super Bowl in their building. So, you know, come I on. know, but remember when, when the no, Ravens had to oh, after they won the Super Bowl had to open what I think it was against the Broncos and I think Joe Flacco threw like 55 passes in this game, but they had to open on the road if I'm not mistaken because the Orioles were like in at right. home on the same <laughs> Peter week, Angelos, the owner of the Orioles would not move a yeah. game uh, and it, it stuck it to the Ravens. It sounded like some like rich guy fighting that we were just privy to. <laughs> exactly. Plus, there was like not that it's a reason to do it, but uh, no uh, player or team has ever owned another team uh, over the course of the amount of time Brady was in in New England, as Brady and the Patriots did Buffalo. Like lit- like statistically, no one beat up on one other franchise enough. So it'd be a nice little like, mm. hey, we can get back at you e- even like at that. the end, even in Brady's last year the bills had a, a chance to win like, the what do you, what at the do you, end and didn't come up to me. It probably comes down to the Cowboys and the bills. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. that's like, so like, I feel like it'll be the giants is- and the bills. I feel like they don't like to, to use their best things. They're Cowboys. Yeah. Oh, I Cowboys know. makes a lot of that. If I, if I were a betting man, which I am not, especially in matters related to professional football, Cowboys at bucks, that brings the, ratings in a big well, we're doing, they, they we're out, doing um, a reaction show by the way we're doing a wednesday night show we're changing our schedule this week we're so big on the schedule release this year oh we love it we they, love they, it they rolled out viking saints as an opener at, you know following that nfc title game so they yeah. don't they don't always save you know the best matchup right. right that's what's happening in the news all right so we're caught up on the news now let's get caught up on uh you know where are these rookies these high profile rookies how are they going to come out of their rookie seasons it's kind of silly obviously because you can't really uh know how these guys are going to play look at look at uh the quarterback that you just studied uh money for an entire season is the voice of the chargers nobody thought herbert was going to do what he did so that's that's part of the fun jeremiah ranked him below ross blacklock uh texans defensive tackle you know <laughs> greg Good greg team, plays right? the hits you know yeah, that, that is that is wonderwall by oasis every for, time for i see greg. like a, a nugget about yeah. blacklock i'm just like well dj had him 19th herbert was 20th you know best quarterback greg, greg likes generation. to play the thing like oh i like feuding with people because i don't take it seriously but then you see the stuff where he always brings up dj and how he missed right. on darnold and now he's bringing up the justin herbert thing constantly this is your way of seriously sticking it back to DJ for his little fun social media. Day. Very spiteful. I mean, I I just would think it'd be awkward that he has to now work with Herbert for the next decade, like this amazing <laughs> quarterback. It's like, yeah, I thought you were like as good as like a backup, you know, defensive. Tech, or or tech Justin Herbert <laughs> or, would never or the 20th player in the bring draft. Bring it up every every show. Yes. Or, or he thought he was the 20th best player in the draft, which I would say is quite a compliment. Right for someone that that was operating in a run first offense and a head coach that was terrified to have his quarterback take chances. Well, he's lucky think, Tom Telesco didn't see him as a top twenty, uh, hmm. as the twentieth best player. That's for sure. Ain't that the right. truth? Right. <laughs> so let's uh, since we're talking quarterbacks, let's start with uh, pick one, pick one of one of two fifty nine, Trevor Lawrence. Really interesting to imagine where the Jaguars end up the season if they get legit quarterback play, which is in line here, potentially. Uh, so let me throw this out as a rookie season for Trevor Lawrence. And you guys tell me over under, is this in the ballpark in your mind or is this way out of line? First of all, he's, he's starting. Let's say I'll say, uh, you know, 16, 17 games, 16 and a half games. All right. 
28 and a half touchdowns, 13 and a half interceptions, 4,200 yards, 95 passer rating. Am I crazy? Is this too optimistic? Or are we? should we look at him as emerging as something close to a star, something Herbert-esque right out of the gate? I'm going under with those numbers. I mean, yeah. expecting, a, and those are similar, but a little lower than what Herbert did last year. That That's a lot to ask. I mean, even... Even Joe Burrow, who was playing pretty well last year, wasn't going to get to those sort of numbers. And uh, I still have questions about how this Urban Meyer thing goes and the talent around him in Jacksonville. It's not like they're loaded there. I don't think Lawrence is landing in an amazing situation. I think he's landing in a pretty typical situation for a number one pick. I don't know. I mean, Baker Mayfield started fewer games through 27 touchdowns had 14 interceptions and 3,700 yards. So if you're giving an extra game, uh, you know, 16 and a half starts you could, you gave him to Trevor Lawrence, I, I think you're in the ballpark, and I wouldn't have a problem with over with the way that the NFL operates offenses right now. Yeah, I think I'd lean under. Um, I just, you know, I feel like Herbert's season was such an outlier, you know, in terms of just those those numbers. We don't see them, you know, and I think in terms of Urban, he's such a – you know, I, he is such a, a maniac for for winning. And I could see him trying to minimize mistakes that are inevitably going to come with rookie quarterbacking, no matter how good a prospect they are. Because, you know, we saw that in a lot of those Charger games. You know, as great as Herbert was, late game situations tended to get away from him a little bit. And a lot of that could be because the defense wasn't playing well and maybe he felt like he had to do too much. But they don't have a good defense in Jacksonville. I don't think they have a great offensive line in Jacksonville. So I could just kind of see... Meyer trying, especially in that division, right? Kind of being able to envision, you know, I, I know we don't have the roster right now, but maybe this thing's gettable at eight and eight. He's talking about seven. running the ball a lot. And, I, so, that, and that, yeah. that's going to keep the numbers down. But in that what if we move, Tebow, figure out this full this fullback nonsense. Why don't we just move to right guard and just see how that goes? <laughs> have him like drink that. a bunch of shakes, get him up about 100 pounds, and, and let's fly. Plug him right in. Text him right now, Money. See, if, it, I'm, if you want a roster spot, Maybe offensive line. I mean, if you have not, it sounds like you haven't texted Tebow in, in quite a while. That would be an odd way to get back in touch with him. But if you type in Tebow on your phone right now, money, does it bring up the most recent text? And how long ago was that? It and does what was not. It, it uh, does not. Wow. You know what's funny is uh, I don't see it in here. Ooh. So, Tebow's uh, blocked money. Maybe he was like able to send some sort of electronic pulse. Sapped <laughs> his contact from my. By phone. the way, when I was setting that, when I was setting that um, line for Lawrence, I did go back and look at what Andrew Luck did, which is interesting because everyone says that Lawrence right. is the best prospect since Luck. Surprisingly, and it's a bit of a different era at this point. This is 2012, but 23 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, completed less, uh, just over 54 percent of his passes, passer rating of 76 and a half. Uh, they went 11 and five. Though, uh, yeah, and, and did a lot of play. good things doing it, and that's the type yeah. of thing where I think that's a realistic expectation. Lawrence yeah. could look really good, and still his numbers might not be. I guess cute. part of the reason I didn't set it in that area, Greg, is uh, I know the game is played differently now, and it's more offensively no doubt. inclined. Uh, anyway, uh, Justin Fields, let's do, hit some of these quarterbacks. Justin Fields, I just want to talk about playing time here 12 and a half starts. He is, of course, way too low. Yeah, of the Bears, Andy Dalton is in the building. Easy over. Yeah, I, I agree. Hmm. I thought that was about that sounded about right. I can absolutely see them starting Dalton for three games oh. before pulling the ripcord. You know, we, but we do this, we do this, we do this every year. 
what week will quarterback X yeah. start? And in, the conservative approach is always week six, week five, and then the team gets its butt kicked in week one, and bang, that guy's in there in week two. No one has a patience for, for 50 days of Andy Dalton, I promise you. I think the difference with Fields is uh, just his disposition, his leadership. Like that's that's some of the things that really make him special. Um, you hear the way teammates gush about him. So I just think Andy Dalton can overcome that. To me, he goes into that building. He takes over that team. He takes over that quarterback room. He becomes their savior and their leader of this new era of Bears football. And I think they're just, to me, they, the coaches, they'll have to go with them. I think I think he will inspire confidence in that team that Andy Dalton just simply mm. can't. All right, you've convinced me. So far. Yeah. I'm going over. The two of you have convinced me. Yeah, right. I, I'm kind of with you. I think you. I think all that was well said. I'll hit the over there too. Uh, here's a tougher one. Trey Lance, I got him at eight and a half starts. Mm. I'm going over. Jimmy I, Garoppolo in the, the building. The more I've thought about this, the more I think he's got a real chance to start week one um and that it'll be sooner than later i think it's all going to be up to him if he looks if he looks awesome and he's and he's picking up the offense and he gives kyle shanahan some different options i i think he's got a chance to play early i'd be interested to hear what money has to say because i mean from a college angle he's a little bit of an outlier in terms of how many passing attempts he had in college so it's like but you hear that he's you know incredibly like intellectual pre-snap all there mentally so if he's if he's able to do it i would go over but i i would I would always go over in these situations with the rookie quarterbacks because I just don't think you go get this guy and do what you did without thinking in your mind, there's a great chance he starts 14 or 15 games for us. Yeah. I'm with you, Mark and Greg. I, I think he starts, you know, because, and look, what is, you know, what is Shanahan so good at, right? It's disguising. It's, it's winning the play before the ball is snapped. And and like you said, I mean, what you hear about Trey Lance is just such you know, a smart guy, someone who's able to diagnose, was asked to do that, to check in and out of place from the quarterback position, even though it was at North Dakota State. Um, you know, I I would be really surprised if he didn't start. I, I've got to believe they're still crossing their fingers that there's a way to move Garoppolo, um, that they can get, you know, recoup some of that draft capital they lost from a desperate team that, that unfortunately sustains an injury in training camp um, or preseason. So I, you know, because look, I think you can design it, right? You can kind of do what the Bills did with Josh Allen, where you don't have to throw. He's the done ball it before. Game. Yeah, exactly. He's done. I it think before. that's Robert sort Rick. of been lost on this. That you know, when I was thinking of was when I was calling Herbert the best rookie season of the last two decades. Number two was probably RG three that yeah. same year with Andrew Luck, and that's Kyle Shanahan. That you know, he he threw twenty touchdowns, five interceptions, rookie of the year, RG three with Shanahan. If he can do it for RG three, I gotta think he's he's yeah. ready to do it. I just I wonder if because we're I think we're all in agreement uh, that the 49ers have a chance to be very good this season, and it's not all on the quarterback. It's because it's just it's a well rounded roster. They got killed by injury uh, setbacks last season, and you would think. Uh, with steady quarterback play and all these other pieces that they can win a lot. I just wonder if if they decide to open the season with Garoppolo and and cite in part that Lance has such little background in playing in general, even going back to college, that if they get out of the gates fast and they're five and one, uh, they might not be like in a rush to put in the kid. And then when they hit turbulence around midseason uh, or, or Garoppolo gets hurt, which is always a factor here, then Lance gets there. I think they're going to play or start a similar amount of games. That's just a hunch I have. But. I, I would just quickly push back on the they're going to be exceptional. I don't know what that defense is going to look like. You know, they got rid of Buckner. That was the wrong call. 
You know, I don't think Armstead's been as good without him. I, I think, you know, Kinlaw was average, you know, to just maybe even below. He started to come on a little bit toward the end of the year, but that didn't seem like an adequate replacement for Buckner. And that was that was a strength, man. They got that push up front, and that was just kind of what caused everything else to operate. Everybody celebrated Robert Sala for being the brains behind that defense and coordinating that defense. He's gone. I don't know what his replacement's going to look like. Uh, the secondary was beat to hell. Um, they they you know, look pretty rough in the secondary. They're now yeah. supposedly talking to Richard Sherman. That looks like their weakness, but they coached them up. I mean, they didn't have Nick Bosa last year. They didn't have a lot of their right. best players, and they coached them up. I, I kind of think maybe the scheme and the system prevails there, even without Salah. All right. Fascinating team, the Niners. Moving on, Kyle Pitts. They say the best prospect, tight end prospect, maybe ever. Amina, Hamina, Hamina. Over. Enters an offense uh, with stars at wide receiver, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, a former MVP and Matt Ryan with someone to prove, and an offensive coach that everybody loves in Arthur Smith. With that said, Kyle Pitts as a rookie, 71 and a half catches, Ooh. 1,100 yards, Jeez. seven and a half TDs. Hit it. Ooh. Obliterates the rookie tight end record by like triple. <laughs> my god well man. this is a generational all-time prospect entering what an it, excellent offensive situation i gotta pull up what darren waller had last year in one of the great tight end seasons because i think that might even be close to better than what waller had all right it'd be a, it'd be a lot to ask i was ready to go over for anything because i just want to believe in this in pits and i'm i'm buying the hype Arthur Smith's tight ends, for what it's worth, you know, didn't put up huge numbers in Tennessee, even though he certainly got him a lot of touchdowns. Well, that, that, yeah, that that feels a little too rich, even though I was ready to go over. I guess I guess I'm going to have to go under. Ugh. By the way, one of oh, the best on. uh, rookie campaigns by a tight end ever was Mike Ditka, who had 1,076 yards and 12 touchdowns. I Ooh. mean, you look across the board, most other rookies, and I know this is sort of a, a trope, but there's a truism behind it. The rookie tight ends just don't produce that way. So he he's would not be, a normal tight end, to be fair. He, I think a thou, I think he could get to nine hundred, a thousand. So if you if you had put it right a little lower, I might I might have taken. I I'd go under, but I think that he's going to be different. I mean, there's no question about that. So last year, Waller, who is very, I think I think that's the closest comp, right? It's it's just a, an impossible cover. He almost operates like a wide receiver as opposed to a tight end. Just so athletically gifted for his size. Last year, Waller did 107 catches for 1196 and nine touchdowns. But again, he was targeted 145 times. I didn't look it up. I would guess the next highest targeted receiver was probably Aguilar at like. 85 targets or something like that. I mean, right. Carr was That's all about. So you got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, I just don't, man, that seems high to me. I, Nate, I still well, you know what? Him. If Julio Jones is still in the building, yeah. if he's moved, that could open well, that, up that could change a lot things. of targets. Yep. Uh, how about Najee Harris? Okay. New Steelers running back. He's going to be locked and loaded. And be a big part of that offense you you'd expect as a first round pick running back. James Conner is in Arizona now. I'll set it at eleven hundred total yards and seven and a half touchdowns. Do I'll go over? I'm I'm sure fantasy people who were were like all down and like don't waste a first round pick on a running back. Oh, that that lasts as long as as you're in your fantasy draft and you're like, who else is getting three hundred and twenty five touches in the NFL? Najee Harris to me was on a short list. So I'd go, I'd go over him and Pitts. I think have a decent chance to, 
you know, be underdog offensive rookie of the year guys, even with all these quarterbacks. I'll, yeah. I'll go over too, because I mean, Jonathan Taylor surpassed the numbers you mentioned last year, and I think they're going to use them all day long starting right away. And I think that, you know, you could also examine what the over under would be in terms of receiving yards. Cause he's, he's a, a dual threat. And so I think he has a great chance to be rookie of the year. I'd agree. You got to protect Ben. He can barely move, hand the ball to the guy a lot. A lot of those smoke routes just, you know, I, I agree. I think he's going to end up, you know, the one thing about Taylor is that he was behind the best offensive line in the league, you know, and I think the Steelers look like they might have one of the what 10 worst at this point. So that'd be the only concern, uh, especially for someone that was running behind the offensive lines that he's been running behind his entire you know time in college. At the same time, there's like a flip side of that, right? Alabama's got this great offensive line, but you're also dealing with just incredible athletes, size, speed ratio in the SEC. So he knows what it's like to have to absorb, I think, darn close to NFL contact uh, at the D-line linebacker level. And, and he broke a ton of tackles. So I'm with you. I think it's a, hey, clean sweep, go the over. And uh, I'll do one more. And then if anyone else has one, uh, please throw it out. Rashad Bateman. Okay. Uh, first round pick of the Ravens. A lot of uh, conversation that he is going to be exactly what they needed to get their passing game going. Well, according to this over under, I'm not totally buying it. 15 and a half catches, 700 yards, three and a half TDs. Ooh, three and a half. That's mean. I'll go push. I think that you nailed that. Yeah, I think push. you nailed the, ex the exact line. <laughs> you keep the. <laughs> He's going to have 15 and a half catches. Oh, man. I, I think I'd go under too, um, at least for the yards and the, in the catches. That's that. I, I feel like 650 yards and 45 catches would be a success for a rookie receiver in that, in that system. Come in, be part of the solution, and you don't have to light the world on fire. I feel like if I take the under, I'm going to be attacked for negative Lamar Jackson commentary. So uh, <laughs> I don't feel like getting attacked. I'm already going to get attacked by the anti-vaxxers. I don't want to get two groups coming after me after this podcast. <laughs> so I'll go over. Lamar Jackson can now throw outside the numbers as accurate as any quarterback in history. I'm going over. To be, to be fair, uh, <laughs> Hollywood Brown, 584 yards and seven touchdowns his rookie season, 769 yeah. and eight his second I think maybe Bateman is viewed a little more complete than, than so. that. So I think you set the number right around, yeah. right right where it should be. I'll take the over. All right. There you go. Anybody have one to throw out themselves? I have, I have one. Uh, so two quick Dan-esque ones because okay. you were nice enough to offer yeah. them to us. Um, so you can just, you don't have to analyze it. Just go over under. Landon Dickerson, your boy. <laughs> <laughs> over under, Eagle two seven. sacks allowed. Oh, two sacks allowed. Um, I don't well, think he's allowed. I don't know how, to, how else do we judge these. Guys? I don't know. Yeah. I don't think he's going to allow any sacks out of the pivot in Philly this year over seventeen Ooh. starts. All right. How about this, Robert Sala? This has to be captured on um, broadcast network um, footage. Two hundred and twenty-two fist bumps during the regular season. <laughs> over under two twenty-two. So that's you know a little over. How many? Yeah, what's in a week? You know, twelve a week or something. That's a pretty big number. He we might get the, injured. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go under. Yeah. yeah. The camera I, found its way to Salah more often than any other player on the 49ers uh, during his final couple seasons there. So I think the cameras will be trained on Salah. Then it just, I think the Jets' defense isn't going to be good enough this year. They didn't no. address the ball that side of the ball. I think it's going to be a little bumpy as they try to figure th some things out. So I'm going to go with the under there. Hmm. Not enough about, to fist bump uh, about. How about over under 
or well, it's not really an over under. It's an either or. Uh, your boy Wilson has got more interceptions than touchdowns, or more touchdowns than interceptions. Ooh, Zach Wilson, by the way. I mean, I'm Ouch. gonna go. Well, go ahead, Dan. This is, this well, is I, I know where you're going, Greg. Um, let's see. I it's too. I, I I'm so conditioned to the failure at this position that I would guess. Uh, what's going to probably happen is he's going to have an up and down season. And he's going to have plenty of doubts around him, but I just want to live in the realm of optimism. I'm going to say okay. he's going to go positive. Okay. How, how, well, also you've got a Mike LaFleur offense that came from the brain of Kyle Shanahan, which right. is a quarterback friendly. You're not going to put quarterbacks into worlds of total chaos. It would be a huge disappointment if he threw more picks than touchdowns. So I just, right. I can't see that world touchdowns it's, over picks. It's 2021. It's hard to do that at this point. And Josh Allen did it, uh, his rookie season. He had he had more interceptions, but that's it's pretty rare. I mean, when that happens to a veteran like Jameis, it's like you, you become a punchline. So I'm gonna right. say no. The NFL is it's yeah. too hard to throw that many interceptions. I I think he'll be fine. An accurate uh, quarterback too. We're talking yeah. about. Oh yeah. I just think Especially about you know, like 19 and 13 or something like that. I was going to say like their backup. We just talked about this last week. Their backup quarterback right now is like Delta Burke. I, I don't even know if they have a backup quarterback Second on the time. roster. I don't know so if you guys knew this, by the way. Delta Burke's still alive. Still alive. Still <laughs> with us. Do we, throw in, do we throw in Mac Jones over under? I'm going to set it. Sure. I'm going to set it at uh, seven and a half. Maybe that's too low, but I don't Some care. I'm going over. I'm because I'm going what I'm rooting for. I really think they're gonna try to make this work with Cam Newton, and it, I agree. they're I only go gonna go to and, and they're only gonna go to Mac Jones if it is truly not going well, which is certainly you know possible after watching last year's offense. Going over, you're going over. I, I just I just don't believe in almost any veteran quarterback when a first round quarterback is being brought onto the roster, and I I I, mm. I don't also don't believe that we're gonna get. Cam Newton from four years ago. Right, just because they added a couple tight ends. I He threw eight touchdown passes last year. We, this cannot be understated, uh, overstated. It, eight touchdowns in 15 starts in the NFL in 2020. It's, it's almost That's impossible. wild. Yeah, it is almost Oh, I got one more. Uh, let's go... Um, I can't do better season. I think that's too tough. But uh, who has... Who has better numbers, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle? Mm. I'd go Smith for sure. I think better opportunity. I mean, you got Hurts versus Tonga Bailoa. Yeah, that's fair. But there's more There's more mouths to feed in Miami. And Waddle seems like he's going to be more like a big big playmaker. Devontae Smith maybe catches some more short routes. He looks like the number one in Philly, whereas yeah. Waddle's fighting. I like that. Yeah, I'll go Smith. I mean, I, you, know, you could argue for either. I'm going Smith. Smith is the call for me too. Yeah. I think he's going to, they're going to really work to make that the wide receiver prospect that actually plays out how the Eagles want to, whereas maybe it's going to take some time down in Miami. And I'm also like, not sold on Tua. I know that's not a very popular opinion, but it's not. I'm kind of with you, Dan. I, I I feel like that's a totally popular opinion. He was totally buried all last season. There was very few uh, people. I would you guys are going to get attacked. Shad's going to come slice your scalps for that one. <laughs> I just think there's, and there were reasons for the excuses and they were all valid for the most part. So I'm not like killing him saying he can't play, or, but it's just like, that was not a fun guy to watch as a rookie. Uh, the assumption that 
few months of the calendar passes and some other players are involved, all of a sudden he's going to be dynamic. Maybe he will be. We got to see it. Yep. I'm out. I'm out if anybody else has any. (laughs) I'm all set. Anybody else? I'm good. All right, real quick, real quick. All right, I got one more. Sorry, I know I said I was out. Uh, (laughs) Over, under, over, under. Podcast hosts that have a cornhole board hanging on their wall. I'm going to set it at one and a half. (laughs) Over, under. Any Uh, podcast, any podcast host, anywhere. In their oh. home, not like a studio where they do nope. the podcast. From, but this is my in, house. It is in their home, a cornhole board hanging on their wall. Confidently going over because, uh, I mean, I don't know what we're, what is the, what kind of a, like it could be anyone with a podcast and they call yes. themselves the host of it. We yes. only need to find one more in the it. entire, on the entire globe for that to be. But you got to find you guys, If you guys but listen you to the show and you host a podcast and you have a cornhole board there you on go. your wall, let us know. There, there we go. go. I'm going over. Taking it over comfortably. Just think about like the Midwest alone. All I would imagine are thousands of college hey. football podcasts. <laughs> we, yeah. we were we were down. Got be um, cornhole boards everywhere. Well, yeah, we it's, it, at, but it's a, it's supposed to be played. It's not a decoration. It's like it's, it's a okay. You know, it, nothing's no. That's not fair. This is what's great about it. It's it's functionality. I use. I just used it a week ago. I just pulled it off the board, took it out front, okay. threw some bags, put it back. So not you. only is it decoration. It's I got your use. It's getting mileage. That's like you know money. You could go play the records behind you on a record player if you needed to. So I think it would ruin your stylus. <laughs> I think you would immediately hear the record store for news. And by the I way, know, they, they do have lines in them. I almost wonder if it is an exact. That would be replica. cool. Just crack it open. Yeah, there's six tracks on the front side, and there are six tracks there. So I don't know. <laughs> I think there's only one way to find that. And by the way, it's also a, a nod money to the great Chris Wessling. Yes, who introduced us to cornhole and also um it should be noted that the gofundme for the wesling family lakeisha and link uh, is hitting the three hundred thousand dollar mark and that Love is it. a testament to all the amazing fans of this show and uh, everyone who loved west uh so that is great and it's still out there if you want to um hit it um you can find it on our social media uh accounts and uh thank you to everyone that's contributed that is awesome 300k hitting me fantastic that's not for you mark stay away from it okay nor am i attempting to take hold of it i'm i'm very glad where it's going so we get we got to play some some bags you know this uh this offseason mark and i were down at, at colleen and gonzo's they they don't they just there's a, a movement they don't like the name cornhole they just call it like you know, bags or bago. Bag is the Chicago term. Yeah, I think uh, that like all those is, all Gonzo's Philly got friends. You know, they all call bago, bago, bago. Yeah, Chicago bag-o. bags. I never knew or bags, but either way, I kind of I I don't I like the idea of bags. I like the idea of bags. The name cornhole. It's, it's a fair. It's a fair point. Don't, everyone's just so everyone's so like worried about saying something offensive. Everyone's taking it to a certain place. I think with cornhole, it's not it's not that thing. It's I don't a different know, thing. If, but you knew you that thing first. Yeah, you knew that. You knew that first. So I don't, I don't know. I don't cancel know. Dan. I would say consult Beavis and Butthead. That would uh, be okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, you're going to have to explain that one to me, Dan. Maybe you could do it right now. <laughs> what are the What do the Philadelphians call it? Bago. Bago. Bean. Bago. Oh please, play some bago. Big thumbs down on that. Bags. Bag. I like bags. Bags is good. Toss some corn. Throw some corn. All right. Throw some corn. Right. Okay. 
Well, uh, I know money. where you can find a board if you need one. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me up. Money, you've said it all. And we uh, love when you're on the show. Always love it. Anytime, guys. And Appreciate now you got Petros and Money's coming up, right? All good. Yeah. Every day. And I believe yeah, we money's have the power like, Money's like, I'm scheduled to talk for three hours uh, today. That's not <laughs> enough. I want, or four, four hours. Four today, um, three to seven. Let's, let's try to find another couple hours where I can. Money, I believe talk. we have power rankings on NFL Network this week as well. We do. Thursday, I believe. Yes. The old Zeuser going to make the debut. Uh, so and I will, I will serve as his foil. Uh, find us on the dial. That's what, yeah, that's what makes good TV. Having please a battle him. He's he's put the Jets at number eight, and I don't. I, I find that to be a <laughs> little low. bit out of bounds. I'm with you. I said, Dan, that's way too low. Yeah, they're, they're a top five team for me. That's why I'm wearing the green today because I'm a, I'm a big Jets believer. There we go. There we go. All right, good stuff. All right, we'll be back. Like Greg said, Wednesday. Uh, we're just gonna have some fun. We got the schedule release dropping, so we're gonna have some analysis on that, including revenge games. And Greg, you gave me a good idea for an NFL.com piece that I have to write. Uh, spicy revenge with the bills involved uh so be back wednesday check us out nfl network show back friday and yes me and money on power rankings on thursday a lot coming up stan hands is signing off for quiet storm the old boss money star of the hit micro seg money on money and of course ricky hollywood behind the glass till wednesday dr santa santa You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Do you love fashion? Do you love getting compliments on how well you're dressed? Are you always seeking the latest trends? Then we're talking to you. BostonProper.com is your fashion destination and the only place to go for all those nods, head turns, and new styles. No matter the day, season, or occasion, Boston Proper has what you're looking for. Sophisticated, confident clothing designed to flatter and get noticed. So visit BostonProper.com now and start creating your perfect wardrobe. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. I'm late. I'm late for the important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.